Well, hi everyone. This is Carrie Beck with How to Homeschool My Child. And today we're going to talk about Christmas math and Christmas science. We're going to start with Christmas science. I'm going to show you a little thing with some pine cones. And it would be an opportunity. Oh, no, I don't want to end this. So let me. Here we go. Facebook all popping things up. So we're going to start with pine cone science. And then we'll come back to it at the end and see if anything's happened to our pine cones. So I don't have pine cones in my area, but my mom does. So she gave me a bunch of these pine cones. So the first thing I would do with your kids is just get a big bowl of water, and especially for young kids, and put a pine cone in it, push it down, and look at it. Let's see if we can get it. What's happening to it? It's floating, all right? So why is it floating? That would be something that you could actually go and find out and discover why do pine cones float? So you need a big enough bowl for the pine cone to fit. This is way too big for it, but anyway. So there's one thing that you could do, float or sink. What floats, what sinks? You could even do a bunch of different objects around the Christmas area. Why am I using pine cones? Because in the fall and at Christmas time, we decorate with pine cones. If you come over here, you can see I have pine cones here um, as a little decoration. Now some people think there's way too much clutter there, but oh well. So we have pine cones. We can use that. The next thing is we are going to talk about pine cones when are they open and when do they close? If you look at this pine cone, it's pretty open, isn't it? We're gonna do a few things right now to see what happens. So one of these is gonna stay in the air and it'll just stay like this. So it can be our little control pine cone. This is what it looks like originally. This one, this is hot water. I just pulled out of the microwave. I hope it's hot enough. We're going to submerge it, hopefully down because you know they float but we're going to leave it in the hot water oh you know what we should probably do i didn't think about this how about we turn it upside down there we go turning it upside down better okay let's wait we're going to come back to that and see what happens in hot water and then we're going this is just regular tap water i'm going to put this in here and see what happens and then find out why it happens the way it does when do they close when do they open so we have our test in the air um, and then our cold water and our hot water another thing you could do with pine cones that would be fun i'm not going to do it right now is you could um, put baking soda in between all of these and then sprinkle some glitter on there and then give your kids an eyedropper of vinegar and they squirt the vinegar on here and then it becomes a bubbling pine cone that would be a fun thing to do as well so those are a few things that you could do just with pine cones. What about candy canes? I am not going to redo the whole experiment that I think I did last year, but we have made candy canes. I will share the video probably as a comment here. Um, and um, you can actually make crystallized candy canes from pipe cleaners and you use borax. And um, you can get a free guide right here to show you exactly how to do it. But the other thing that this guide includes is an opportunity as you make your crystal candy canes that can go on the uh, Christmas tree, I have a lab report that your kids can actually predict what's going to happen. What is the process that they do? They write that down, then they make an observation and you need to look at it every so, like 30 minutes or so and see what's changing and then an explanation at the bottom. 
The other thing we have are melting candy canes. I don't think I have a picture of the melting candy canes. But again, you're going to put your little bitty candy canes in hot and different types of solution. And so we have a melting candy canes lab report. Prediction, process, observation in cold water, lukewarm, and hot water. This is all made out for you. What a fun experiment. And then there can be leftover candy canes that they can eat, which I'm sure they would enjoy. Oh, I can't believe I left it. It's sitting in the other room. I won't go get it. Star Bethlehem, that would be another one, especially for your upper elementary to teenagers. A chance to study astronomy and discover what is the Star of Bethlehem. We have a study guide that's complete made up, and you've learned about astronomy versus astrology. You go to Matthew 2, you look at all the clues of what is going on with the star to discover what astronomical being is the Star of Bethlehem. So not only does this have Christmas science, we also have Christmas Bible as well. So um, I think there's a link in there if you want to learn more about that. So that is science. What about math? Okay, there's a lot of things. I didn't bring anything. I left the other stuff upstairs. So I'm just going to use this piece of paper. How about Christmas tree geometry? And I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And we're going to pretend. Ah. We're going to pretend that this is green. And we are going to cut some triangles and turn them into um, Christmas trees. Actually, it's a little bit already got Christmas trees because it was a Christmas letter. And then what we want to do is come up with, let's see if I can hold it there. Here's one. Here's another one. You're going to make some Christmas trees that are solid green. And then your kids are going to learn how to measure the angles. All three angles of the triangle. So they're really going to be, they can be any color that you want. But just think about it. All of a sudden, they're going to learn how to use a protractor. They're going to count and add up how much each of these um, angles are and see what comes up. And does it line up with what they're learning in math? Your younger kids, they could just learn what a triangle is and glue and make a little forest of Christmas trees. I will post a picture of what I have upstairs. But um, that would be one math. So that is protractors, geometry, all sorts of things that you could do with that. All right, the next one is baking. Let your kids learn how to double, triple, half recipes, learn how to measure, learn how to count. And that's at all different levels. You can add some science to that math and talk about physical changes versus chemical changes. When you bake cookies, you can look at the flour, the sugar, the eggs, and is that what it looks like when you pull them out? No, it has made a chemical change. But if you were to just heat up toast and we put it in the oven, it's just a physical change. And so we can look at the differences between physical and chemical changes. Money, you can give your kids a budget to buy gifts. We did that personally. And so that is one thing that you can do. You can encourage them to make choices maybe you don't go out shopping maybe you do some online shopping and they have to learn how to reconcile a credit card or a debit card or a bank reconciliation statement as well um, i have this um, christmas bake sale ideas now this is um this is something that we used to do and our kids we would choose a family and so you could list this is list families you might bless 
and then you choose one of them and then we talk about what the kids would like for Christmas and then we're going to talk about shipping costs because if they're overseas as missionaries anyway you just go through this whole little form now if you don't want to maybe you don't have time to do that or maybe you're going to bless them in the spring at Easter time we write down the recipe of whatever it is you're going to sell you make a shopping list of how much you need and then you're going to need to sell this to people um, so you're going to take orders. I think I have an invoice in here. Let's see. Yeah, here's our sales that we have. But let's first talk about a budget. Here's our ingredients. And then this is how much we're going to work out how much it costs. And take your cost per loaf times your number of loaves. And you get your total cost. So we were making pumpkin bread. Then we're going to talk about sales. The name of the item you sold. The sales price. The number you sold. The total sales. You're getting a lot of math in all of this. Not only that, you're getting real life experience and business. Here's your order form. So you can take your orders um, and be able to make sure you get to whatever. And then I include our two recipes, our pumpkin bread recipe and our chocolate chip cookie recipe. Uh, the whole blog post explains exactly how to do it, but that would be a fun way to do some Christmas baking and sell them and actually learn some real life skills as well. Gift wrapping. If you're going to cover a box with gift wrap, we got to figure out the surface area. You could take every box that you're wrapping, figure out the surface area and how much wrapping paper do you need. Counting for your younger kids. You could count down to Christmas. This is an advent brief that my son actually um, bought me from a garage sale. Your young kids can learn the numbers. I'm not up to date, but you hang a different one on every day and you could go through and count. You could learn Spanish or whatever foreign language and learn how to count in that language as well. Um, or maybe look at your lights on your tree and see how many lights are on a string and how many strings you have and figure out how many lights are actually on your Christmas tree. How many forks, spoons, and knives are you going to need for Christmas dinner? There's a lot of math right there for a young child. Christmas cards. If you mail Christmas cards, figure out how much a stamp is, how many are we mailing, and what's the cost of the cards, what's the cost of the stamp, how much does it cost altogether to buy the cards and to, um, to mail them. I love this idea. You know how you buy a bag of bows? You can buy a bag of bows and count how many bows and actually graph how many green ones we have, how many red ones, gold, silver, white, purple, blue, whatever color. And that would be a fun activity. If you have little kids, maybe they don't really count it, but you get a graph paper and you actually put the bows, line them up, and then you can actually see how many, um, uh, which one happens the most. Do we have more red bows than green bows? How many more red bows than we do green bows? There's lots of math there as well. All right, we're going to go back to our pine cone experiment. This is the original one, so you can see it's very open. This is the cold water. Let me get it back on the camera. It may be a little bit closed, but I think it's going to take a little while. This is the hot water one. Look at that one. Can you tell? It is. I'm going to pull it out. I hope it doesn't dribble everywhere. Look at this pine cone. It is completely sealed up from that hot water. The hot water activates it more, but you can go and read about why moisture closes it up. So when it's hanging on the tree, they're all closed up. Once it falls off, they've lost the moisture from the stem, from the, um, 
the trunk or the branch and then when it falls it eventually opens up like this so you can do some science with that as well what ideas do you have how do you do science and math in christmas leave a comment and let me know what you do i've left um, links here for our candy cane experiment guide for you to use i've left another link for our christmas bake sales or any kind of bake sale and this would really give you all the charts that you need and then star bethlehem as well that's astronomy so let me know what y'all are doing as far as using science and math with um, christmas this year um, and i would love to hear that and be able to share some more ideas um, with you as well thanks so much for spending time with me today i am carrie beck with how to homeschool my child y'all have a great day and merry christmas